Welcome to the first episode of Razor Tongue. And most importantly, happy Black History Month. If you are a Black creator, a Black anything, um, this month, next month, or the following month, even next year, continue to take up space, continue to stand up for yourself, try new avenues, be your authentic self, and never, ever settle. We made it to the Grammys. I've been wanting to bring you guys the first episode for a very long time, but I was confirmed to attend the Grammys this year, and I'm actually coming to you live from the closet in my hotel room just to recap, you know, the evening, how everything went down, and history-making moments that will change music's life and, you know, future musicians' lives forever. Let's get into it. Razor Tongue. The feedback since I've launched my trailer to my podcast has been out of this world. I want to thank every single person that has shown me love and, you know, supporting the show and me trying something new and going on this new venture. I feel like as creatives, we have so many different passions and paths that, you know, we want to tap into. And this idea came about, like I said, in the post when I launched at a time where I felt silence. And it was really for me to just like speak my, you know, speak my truth, um, give my opinion and, you know, connect with you all on a deeper level. Now I know everyone tuned in last night at CBS to see the 65th annual Grammy Award show. And I just want to take you guys behind the scenes to highlight kind of like the ins and outs of how this entire show is being put together. I wasn't in the attendance, and it was a phenomenal production. The things that go on behind the scenes is incredible. The way they are able to move and build those sets within 30 seconds is mind-blowing. But before I get into that, what a lot of people don't know is that there is a three-hour pre-Grammy ceremony that takes place before the actual show that gets broadcasted on air. And in this ceremony, they highlight mainstream artists, up-and-coming talent, and much more. Um, Samara Joy was a two-time winner. She took home Best Jazz Performance. She is from the Bronx, New York. So shout-out to Samara Joy. Her voice is incredibly beautiful. Um, And she also won Best New Artist. In that ceremony, I was able to listen to new... to, to I was able to rediscover artists like Brandi Carlile and much more. Viola Davis became the third Black woman to ever reach EGOT. She won a Grammy for her book, Finding Me, And we all love Viola. She is the mother to many. I mean, watching her from How to Get Away with Murder to now reaching new heights in her career was amazing. So it was a little crazy. The pre-show ended 
And we made our way over to the Staples Center. I'm not sure who decided Crypto.com was the appropriate name for the Staples Center in downtown Los Angeles. It's always going to be the Staples Center. I grew up in California. Um, Actually, I grew up in South Central L.A., Um, And it's always been the Staples Center for me, and it will continue to be that. Anyway, so we walked over after the ceremony, the pre-show ceremony, and, you know, this looks very hectic. I honestly didn't and couldn't imagine how many people actually attend the Grammys. When you see it on air, you just think of, okay, it's an intimate ceremony where it's all the stars, you know, their people, etc. But no. This is an entire stadium packed with music lovers from all over the world, dressed in gowns, coming out to show support. And if you didn't know, the Grammy Awards show isn't really open to the public. But if you know someone who is a part of the Recording Academy, um, i.e. someone who is either an associate or a voting member, you can get those things by, you know, go do your research, figure it out how you can be part of the Academy. I think you have to be an actual artist or be, you know, actively in the music industry. Um, so anyways, my partner is a voting member. So, you know, he got invited this year and I was his plus one. Um, and we went into the show. The ceremony itself was quite interesting. And shout out to Sam Smith and Kim Petras coming in and winning Best Pop Duo Artist. I want to just highlight Kim Petras, who is the first transgender, first transgender woman to ever win a Grammy. She's had four EPs and two studio albums. And to finally reach and hit this milestone, it's a win for all of us. I personally don't make music, but to see queer people on that stage being in your face being unapologetically themselves, it represents so much. And this is just the beginning of a changed. Lizzo won Record of the Year for About Damn Time. She's the first Black woman to take this award home since 1994 when Whitney Houston actually won. We also had Quavo in the building who came out to do a tribute to his brother, Take Off, and so many other fallen angels this year in the music industry. Beyonce is the only artist right now with the most Grammy wins coming in at 32. She won last night for Best Electronic Dance Album. She also won for Plastic Off the Sofa and so many more. But the one Grammy that the Queen Bee, for some reason, was overlooked for by the Academy yet again, was Album of the Year. You know, Renaissance, as an artist, I think it's so important to be innovative and continue to change your genre of music, you know, developing your voice, your skill set, the people who you bring on to your projects. And we've seen that with Beyonce, where she's constantly changing um, her sound in a good way, developing new sounds, highlighting culture. And then this album really highlighted LGBTQ, as we all know. Um, And it was so different for her, so different from any album that we've ever heard before. And for her to lose out to Harry Styles is 
insane. The only song that I know from Harry Styles is It Wasn't the Same or whatever it's called. Um, I think, you know, we're all outraged. We see a repeat in history with this category for Beyonce. We all know when it comes to these award shows, voting somehow never works out in the masses' favor. Um, from Variety, Variety Magazine, they interviewed four um, or five voting members of the Academy anonymously. And, you know, voter number four said, album of the year, again, he wanted to do ABBA. And I quote, with Beyonce, the fact that every time she does something new, it's a big event and everyone's supposed to quake in their shoes. It's a little too pretentious. I hold Harry Styles' origin story against him. He's from a boy band and I never take these acts seriously. The thing is, I feel like we see this a lot of times. Um, You know, no one likes to see any black individual in power, power, especially black women. And Beyonce is the epitome of black female empowerment. And for being in the industry for so long, over multiple decades, and to have been nominated for four times without winning Album of the Year feels... I don't know, racist, maybe? It makes no sense. I think as an artist, you're supposed to be innovative. You're supposed to challenge yourself, bring forward new ideas, new sounds. Every album Beyonce gives us is something new. It's something different. And from every artist who is one in this category, it's the same sound, the same squeaky crying voices that doesn't really shift and change, you know, the narrative or culture in any way. It's just, a different beat, same sound. Um, and it's quite sad. Hip Hop 50 happened last night. And listen, I had no idea Flavor Flav was a rapper. I was in fucking shock. We had Ice-T that was in the building. We also had Busta Rhymes. We had Nelly who came out. And we had LL Cool J who came out. And it was just honestly all around such a fun time to see people or artists like Salt and Pepper. And, you know, everyone just, like, celebrating and doing their thing. Jay-Z definitely closed out the show with DJ Khaled and Ricky Rosé. If you don't know, you may be now now, but Rick Ross is actually one of my favorite rappers. I think the flow is sick. And I was able to just, like, re—I was able to discover new artists, you know, sounds that I heard or songs that I've heard, but I didn't really grow up with or grow up on. Um, The Grammys last night just gave me the opportunity to, you know, find new tunes. So I'm actually going to, you know, dive into some of the Brandy Carlisles and, you know, rediscover old hip-hop songs that have been out and paved the way for so many artists is it me or is Black History Month always such a, a, an amazing time, but also very hectic and chaotic? I mean, this month we had the amazing article from The Cut magazine kind of discussing Pierre Moss and his journey in the fashion industry. We had Hip Hop 50 at the Grammys, and then we also had another horrific experience witnessing someone other than Beyonce taking home album of the year to a lesser competitor. And this is just all another reason why we should continue to stick together, 
show up for our peers, support Black people, and just never give up on our dreams. Continue to strive and do your best, and you will get the recognition, and the right people will come along. We also had Dr. Dre, who won the Global Inaugural Impact Award at the ceremony. That was a highlight of the evening. Um, I've definitely vowed or will be tuning into some of the Dr. Dre songs from the earlier rap days that I just did not grow up on. Tennessee State University won Best Gospel Roots Album, making them the first HBCU marching band to win a Grammy. This is amazing, you know? Again, history being changed right in front of our eyes. We know HBCUs are disgustingly underfunded. Last year, Deion Sanders announced his departure from Jackson State University for his new gig at the University of Colorado. This was a loss for football lovers and for the Black HBCU altogether. So I think hopefully this Grammy would, you know, highlight the fact that, you know, Black people are doing amazing things and we deserve the funding just like any other school that's out there in any other community. Now, enough of the sad talk. I want to get into the fashion moments because, hello, why would I not? Personally, I don't think there was any look at the Grammys this year that moved me to the core. It's definitely starting to feel more of like a casual event. I think in the earlier days, the Grammys was like a place where people showed up and showed out and really wanted to put their best foot forward. I think artists, as they should, are maturing. They're getting older. They're kind of understanding and seeing the politics that goes behind these award shows. And they're being themselves. They're not showing up to impress anyone. They're going to do whatever they want to do. I absolutely loved Beyonce's black Scaparelli look. She did change three times. She only wore the custom Gucci to the to the ceremony, and then she changed into the Scaparelli look, and I loved that. I think it was just super chic and fun. It was such a great look. I also really admired Doja Cat's look. She graced the red carpet in a custom latex Versace look that, oh my God, when I saw that, it it just did everything that it needed to. I love a black suit, dress, anything that's black, that's also basic, but you're able to make it, it's, it's innovative in its own way without adding bedazzle or cutouts or lace. It, it just, it, it did everything that it needed to do. She also sat in the ceremony in a custom tarnished K and W L S London look. That was pretty fun. Super casual, chill, right off the top. Amazing. Lizzo wore what it seems to be custom Dulce and Gabbana. For some reason, they've been making a comeback. And I, you know, I believe in second chances. Steve Lacey wore YSL from head to toe. Very chic, super simple. Again, a black outfit that just does everything that it needs to do for the event. I also wore black. I will be posting those photos very soon. They're undergoing editing. um, And I'm still in LA. I have a lot more to do. So I wish you guys a happy Monday and continue putting your best fucking foot forward over and out.